ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your hosts of the Anima Podcast, Jeff Ramsey and Gustavo Sorolla. You're in the middle. We talked about this. We, you, we, we went over this backstage. Yeah, I'm just double-checking. Double All right. The middle. Yeah, it's still the middle. This one's hot. I don't know why. All right, this one one's cold? yours, I think. This one's hot. That's mine. This is cold. Okay, and this one's hot. Thank you, Eric. Okay. Uh, hello, everyone. Thanks for waking up early and coming uh, to join us for Anma. Anarchy Me Anything. Couldn't say that last year. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That, or, or, Last year we had the bootleg recording. Okay, out. this is being recorded. This okay. is going to be released as like an episode. Dennis, we found out, is the leaker, and <laughs> he did not have to record it on his phone this time. I don't know. He he might be. Oh, there he is. I see he's over there. I think. <laughs> Put your phone away, dude. Um. Yeah. It's, it's it's weird doing another one here in the convention center. At least we're in a different room this time. Last time we were upstairs. Just because we don't repeat locations. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. It's the second time. But it's, it's a different. We were on the north side of the convention center last year. This time we're on the south side. How many more RTXs do you think we can do? Uh, we can find different locations in this building before we have to move off site? Well, the thing about that is I think they're going to close the convention center for renovations here real soon. I it, think it's going to be closed for like three years. It, it oh. shut down for like five years. Okay. It's not like, oh, yeah, we'll get this done really quick. They're like, we're going to compete with Los Angeles. And it's like, good try, Austin. Okay. The, the, the thing I love about this convention, we've been to a lot of convention centers. The thing I love about this convention center compared to other ones, see, we talked about this last year, is that there's no columns on the floor. Like, if you look around here, there's no columns obstructing the show floor. Audience, was anybody here last year at the Anma panel? Y'all were? A few of you, okay. Did he talk about this last year? I don't remember. Okay, good. It's new content. Uh, but this place does, this place could use a facelift. I'm always frustrated locally when people uh, object to... Convention Center expansion. It's extremely gray. Why do you say that? It's not gray. All I see oh, is gray. Oh, I thought you meant the issue was gray, like it wasn't black and white. No, dude, no, the floor is gray, <laughs> the walls are gray, the fucking ceiling is gray. Jeff the is lights here. are gray. Jeff is here to talk about the nuance involved in the expansion of the Convention Center locally. I'm just agreeing with you. Well, at the Convention Center, the floor, this room should not have personality. The personality needs to be applied by the event. Mm -hmm. So I think the gray works for that. I, I understand what you're saying. It's a blank canvas. Uh, I still think that it could have designed elements in it. What would you do? You're designing the new convention center, Jeff. We just hired you. You have five years to turn this place into your dream convention center. Day one, step one, you got to go to Home Depot and buy some paint. Okay. What color are you buying to paint this room? Yeah, so what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, uh, I'm probably staining the floor a little bit of a richer color, probably still in the gray spectrum, but it'll just be a little darker, Okay. Uh, a little deeper. Okay. Then I'm going to get stucco, and I'm going to stucco all these walls white, kind of like at Juliet, that restaurant on... Uh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you ever touch the walls at Juliet? No, I never Dude, have. Go to... For I'm everybody, not, I'm go, not five. Go to, <laughs> go to Juliet. Uh, it's over there on Barton Springs. And touch the walls. They're just really smooth and nice. I'd do that to the walls, and then I would, uh, I'd put some wooden beams, ornamental, at the top. And, uh, and then I'd call it a day. You would, you would do a dark gray floor, white stucco walls, and exposed It's almost beams. like a grayish black, yeah. It's going to look really good. I feel like you described most breweries that I go to, that it's just like, here's exposed wood, and also we don't give a fuck about this floor. So what you're saying is you go there. <laughs> oh, oh, fair play. 
You recognize the aesthetic from places you go to. Nailed it. Well, I hope they, I hope they bring you onto the project, Jeff. It sounds like you got some bold ideas. Dude, I do too. I do too. Why are you so bullish on expansion of Convention Center? The I think that a lot of people locally complain. They say, like, what's the point? Um, and I think it's because lots of local people don't necessarily spend time at the convention center. It's for people who are visiting at different events. This convention center is great because I love the flexibility of these exhibit halls we're in, but the size of the breakout and panel rooms can be difficult. Yeah. There's a couple of big ballrooms and a couple of a bunch of small panel rooms, but nothing kind of in the intermediate size. Or if you want to have two really big panels going at the same time, there's not a lot of flexibility for that. Is this the driest conversation we've ever had? <laughs> uh, listen, I helped plan RTX for years, so it's like I have a very vested interest in the Do you want to go through Center. the expansion plans and what they're going to do? Oh, do you have them? I know. I, I, I figured you would have them committed to memory. Let's get Brandon on the phone. <laughs> He's, he, he loves that stuff. They're, not, they're taking the street away, right? I think, yeah, they're going to expand that way over Trinity. Over yeah. Trinity? Yeah. Where Fogo That's why Fogo to Chow yeah. moved. Yeah. yeah. All, that's, all that stuff right over there. Rest in peace, Fogo. Uh, no, it still exists. It just moved. It's Where'd over. they move to? It's on like 2nd Street now, I think. Oh, is it? Do you know where 2nd Bar and Kitchen used yeah. to be? I think it's there. Over there, like in the, the base of the Estonian? Yeah. Like 2nd and Congress. Yeah. Okay. This is the driest conversation we've ever This had. is Anma <laughs> talking about where stuff used to be and where it is now. <laughs> that's what we've been doing this whole time. <laughs> hey, where did we get coffee from today? We have gotten coffee today from the Fairmont Hotel right across here. Who's staying at the Fairmont? Yeah. Um, we went to the Fairmont Hotel. We, I went to the Fairmont Hotel this morning. Uh, they have a, a coffee shop called Good Things, I think. And huh. uh, Th That doesn't include the coffee, does it? Uh, it's um, a little on... The it's very burned. So It's very burned. So I will say, if you're staying at the Fairmont, a weird mix of folks. It's you little gremlins. A bunch of people in town who saw Blink-182 last night and a bodybuilding convention. <laughs> James informed me when I saw him last night, oh, have you, do you know about the bodybuilding convention that's in town? And I went, does it look like I know about the bodybuilding convention that's in town? He, I think he wants to enter. I, think he, was he, just I think he wants to give it a shot. He was looking for baby oil on the street. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I was driving past the Fairmont yesterday morning on my way down to the event here, mm -hmm. and I was stopped at the light over here at Cesar Chavez in Red River, and as I was at the light, I was going westbound okay. uh, on Cesar Chavez, and it, it, was, it, it, was that period, it was that brief moment where the light was red in every direction, and then coming from the right on Red River was a guy like on a scooter, okay. and I turn and I look at him, and as I'm looking at him, a rainbow-colored tennis ball comes out of nowhere and starts bouncing next to him. And he turns and looks at it and then just grabs it. Whoa. And he starts looking around and I start looking around. We have no idea where the fuck that came from. It's like it just materialized out of nowhere, bounced twice on the ground next to him. He catches it. And then like, we're both looking around. I have no idea where it came from. It wasn't one of you, was it? I was like, at first I was like, is that a moon ball? But it was like, it wasn't bouncing erratically. It was like, it was just like a rainbow colored tennis ball. Do you know somewhere in Austin right now, that guy is at a coffee shop or at breakfast with his friend and he's telling him this story. He was like, I was just looking at this dude in a car. We just locked <laughs> eyes for a second and a rainbow tennis ball came out of nowhere. No one believes him. Yeah. I caught it right out of yeah. midair. Sure, man. Keep Austin weird, dude. <laughs> Do you guys ever identify with that? Keep Austin weird? You ever just like, hell yeah, this is our slogan that we like? No. 
I don't think so, no. No. Who, who had it first? Was it us or Portland? We had it first. Um, Portland's definitely keeping it weirder. Yeah, Portland's definitely a weird place, man. Uh, I wouldn't say there's a lot of weird left in Austin. Um, no, it was started first in Austin, uh, actually at the very first t-shirt fulfillment company we used, Outhouse Designs. Oh. They're they didn't the do fulfillment, that, did they? They just printed. Well, just, sorry, t-shirt printing, yeah. yeah. We, we were doing the fulfillment. Yeah, Jim. Uh, our, our, first, our first t-shirt house, and uh, they were the ones that came up with it initially, I think. Yeah, I think they had like a display like a, on their wall yeah, with, the, yeah. with the, the original design. I thought those guys were, were big time, and I guess they were, because they did all my favorite restaurants in town. Oh, yeah. Like, they did yeah. all the chewy. That's how we found them. Yeah. That's how yeah. we found a lot of the people that we worked with, was like we, places that we went to. We would find out where they got their stuff printed and made. Like the mural, we talked about this before, the mural that was in stage five, mm. we contacted the person who painted the mural that was at Home Slice on South Congress. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the same thing, you know, we found who, who made Hutt's hamburger shirts and Frank and Angie's and uh, but they're, both those places are gone. I was going to say, you just name it places that aren't here anymore? Yeah, they're, they're gone. Welcome to Anima. <laughs> Have you been to Sammy's, the Italian restaurant that replaced Hutt's yet? No, is it any good? Yeah. Is it just a sandwich place? No, no. Like it's like, like a, like, like like a like sit-down, like, tablecloth Italian restaurant. Okay. Yeah. It's not, just like traditional. Why is it traditional? I just went to Italy not too long ago, and uh, it turns out uh, <laughs> what <laughs> a lot of people probably figured this out already, but what we have in America is not Italian food. <laughs> it's got the name, but the Italian food in Italy, it's just all clams. Do they not have a never-ending pasta bowl? No, they don't. <laughs> they don't have breadsticks. The breadsticks stop? Yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, in Italy, they just eat clams. They have clams and bread, clams and pasta. It's a peninsula. Clams and oysters. Like, it's, yeah, it's surrounded yeah. by water everywhere. With, of course, yeah, fish. You go and you're like, can I get some lasagna? And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Garfield would hate it. Yeah. He's not a fan. Um, yeah, it sounds like I would have a miserable time there. I don't like seafood. I'm not a big seafood person. Mm, you would. It, uh, they have other stuff. Like what? You just said it was all I mean, seafood. Like, you said it was I mean, all clams. You could get some fucking pasta. Just ask them to take the clams out. <laughs> I don't like clams either. Do you have butter noodles? Can you replace the clams with spit, please? Thank you. <laughs> you know what they don't have in Italy, in the entire fucking country? Salt. They don't have it on tables. They don't have it in their food. Really? Yeah, it's like the They're salt. by the salt water. They're surrounded by it on all sides. They're a peninsula. I, I agree. They don't have it. It's not, it's not, a, it's not present in their culinary. Are you, are you salting your food regularly? Yeah. How's your blood pressure doing? Is it okay? 100% where I was going. Are you going to be okay? Salt is in everything. Right, yeah, so you're you adding more. I just watched a commercial last night with Bradley Beal, NBA, three-time NBA All-Star, selling water with, that he, he said, when I was growing up, my mom would maybe put salt in my water when I was working out, and I was the only kid that didn't cramp at the gym, so now I drink salt water. That's not good for you. That's just like Pedialyte. <laughs> That's all, it's electrolytes. Which is very good for you. Okay, so you're salting your food. Are you salting your water? Did you salt your coffee? <laughs> you gotta balance out the flavors a little. Oh yeah, what are you? No, salt? I'm, not sal I'm not over salting anything, but salt is present in America, and when you go somewhere else that doesn't have it, you notice the lack of salt. Yeah, but I'm not using it. I don't remember the last time I ever You've never gone to like a fucking diner and gotten eggs and bacon and put a little salt on your eggs? I don't think so, no. No, typically not. Pepper. Do how many, raise your hands. Is, uh, who, is Jeff being normal here? Oh. I mean, now raise I will hand. say. Wait, wait. If I, Jeff's being crazy, raise your hands. 
So it's pretty split. It's pretty split. It's pretty split. It's, there's yeah. a lot more. There are a lot no, no, more we'll call it even. We'll call it like even. That's why salt is on every table in every restaurant in the country. And it's that's not why, just for me. And that's why it's heart attacks like are the number heard. one killer in the United States. <laughs> we heard, I think that might have a lot more to do with the food they eat, the amount of it, and the alcohol we all drink. Well, we all most drink? Of us drink. Collect, the collective we, the royal we. Yeah. Um, how is your coffee? This? Uh, it's, yeah. pretty, it's all right. It's like a six and a half. That's maybe the lowest score you've ever given a coffee. <laughs> Remember when we went to that coffee shop on Old Torf and I said it tasted like Old Torf? Yeah. This tastes worse than Old Torf. Oh, no. This, oh, is, this is better than that. This is the worst cup of coffee I may have ever had in my life. This tastes like Dirty Six? I put it down. I'm not going to finish. I can't drink it. Yeah, this, this tastes like Dirty Six. Oh, this is, no. This is, if you want to taste... Downtown Austin in a cup. Go over to the Fairmont. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing's an ironic name. Uh, it, mine's not, not that way. It's okay. It's Mine. a little, it's like, it's, a, it's watery. You can smell how burned it is. All right, let me see. Is it more burned than the coffee nut we used to? Yes. It's really bland. Mm. Bland. <laughs> Did that come from coffee beans? <laughs> it tastes like it like it came from a syrup. I don't, yeah, I don't know. What what is this? Is this is this their drip coffee supposedly, or is it an americano? Americano. You know? okay. No, it's not. No, no, no. Try mine. Maybe I mixed them up. I don't think I mixed them up. This is the grossest episode of anime ever. Welcome. <laughs> Try it. That's an Americano. And that's why I didn't like it. <laughs> so you're... So th <laughs> that tastes infinitely better. That's good. Why don't good. you guys flip your fucking cups and then regrade? Okay. You're give me screwing that. the Fairmont over here. I, I will say, I doubt I am. This is, uh, this is not great, but this is okay. This is passable. This tastes like nothing, but also burned. <laughs> it tastes like nothing, right? This tastes like, what's up, Therapy Gecko? The, uh, this tastes like... Yeah, there is. I don't know that you can burn water, <laughs> but it tastes like old water. Mm. Oh, yeah, speaking of which, go check out the dunk tank. <laughs> Filthiest water in the convention center. Oh, gross, we're all going to be dunked in the same water. They didn't change the water out? Dude, it was dirty when I, it was dirty at the start of the event. <laughs> You just run it from the hose. Do you, Wait, think they brought, they, do you think they brought the water from the last dunking with them? <laughs> uh, you did the dunk tank? I did the dunk tank, yes. How did, how did that go? It was good. Um, it was my first time ever sitting on a dunk tank. I realized a lot of people hate me because that line was super long. <laughs> um, uh, but it was, it was like I was a little nervous at first, but then after the first time, you're like, all right, this, whatever. It's just the anticipation of am I going to get dunked or not. Yep. Uh, like, a, like an idiot the first time, that someone hit the, the target, like my arms went out like a cat. Like, <laughs> Trying to stop myself, and I think I hurt my left shoulder because I grabbed onto the, the fence as I was falling. When was the last time you went swimming? Uh, a couple months ago. Where'd you go? Beach. I'm not gonna get into it, the specifics, but I was at a beach. <laughs> okay. Swimming. I can't believe you asked you that. You went swimming on a vacation yeah. in a different location. Yeah. When was yet. the last time you went swimming in Austin? In Austin, ooh. Dude, I don't know. It's probably been like 20 years. 
I don't. I I kind of guessed that. Which is weird. I don't know why. Because you used to love to float the river, and you used to love. I remember there was a period of time when you would go to Barton Springs every morning. That was probably the last time. And swim when it was free. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That was like. 2001, 2002? Yeah, it would have been before Rooster Teeth. Yeah. For sure. He was his health re- uh, re- regiment. He, he decided he was going to go swimming every morning. Wow. And it was going to, like, build up his vim yeah. and vigor. And then, like... And then I gave up. And then the towers fell, and you're like, things are different now? <laughs> yeah. Things will never be the same. Yeah. <laughs> you got out of the water and started saluting? I, hey, what's the point? I baked a cake. <laughs> what, do you feel like you were in your best shape of your life when you were swimming all the time? Well, it's definitely not now. <laughs> it's definitely gotten worse over time. Do you think you're in the worst shape of your life right now? Oh, undoubtedly. Wow. I, I think you reach a point, and uh, sad to say we're both past it, Jeff, where it doesn't get any better. It's only downhill. Uh, uh, yes, I t- totally agree. For me, that point was 46. That was where I kind of felt myself throw in the towel uh-huh. and just realized, like, it's, there's no point. Yeah. I'm there. Yeah. 45. Oh, nice. It's right around there. That's good. Anybody else out there give up yet? Yeah, let's hear it for the quitters. (laughs) There's one fucking dude way on the other side of the convention center holding up this thing. (laughs) I gave up. (laughs) I quit. At least he's walking. Good for you. Yeah. I guess he can hear us. He shrugged. (laughs) I wasn't sure how uh, doing the the pan lot here, like on the floor, would work. How do you feel about it? It's good. I was was nervous. I was trepidatious. Okay. It's good. It's working. How do you think the audience feels about it? I think they're good. They have, no one's left, except for that one dude who gave us a thumbs up. <laughs> but might, I, don't, I don't think he was here to begin with. This might be the most boring panel. Michael got it. dunked. Um, I did ask before dude, we started. That, that sounds way more fun than what we're doing. Well, it's what you're, aren't you going to the dunk tank later? Yeah, I got to be in the dunk tank later. What time's that at so people can dunk you? I don't know. Oh, yeah? At some point later. Mm-hmm. Sometime between now and the end of time, I will be... Is Jack in the dunk tank today? I think he's in right after this. Yeah, oh, really? right after this, we should all go dunk Jack. Hey, do you guys fucking hate Jack, too? You should go dunk his ass as soon as we're done here. Yeah. Yeah, he goes on at 11.15, which is right when we're done here. I think yeah. we should go over there and cut the line and dunk him immediately. Yeah. Okay. I'll do that. We're doing anima, the first first ever anima field trip. <laughs> it's going to be right over there. The whole is podcast is an anima field trip. Yeah. <laughs> with, like, with everyone. Oh, okay. That's insane. Oh, we, I, uh, I, uh, speaking of insane, Jose, I don't know if Jose is out there, but I met a dude yesterday who keeps a, a notebook with notes for every anima episode. Why? All of our locations that we talk about. There he is. Uh, uh, and all of our ratings. Uh, like everything that we've uh, that we've talked about, I took a, a little video here. I can show. Like you. a manifesto. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jeff, that's why he took a video. Yes. He's got really nice handwriting. He does. Mm-hmm. Excellent penmanship, Jose. Wow, that's a lot of notes, though. It's a lot of notes. <laughs> you can't see it, but it's it's just pages uh, after pages. <laughs> it's all scrawling, and it's. You, just... Have you ever seen Seven? Yeah, yeah. It just turns into one long word at some point. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to see it, he's over there. You can ask him. I'm sure he's probably... Yeah, he's got it right there. Uh, no, no, you, no, it's fine. I asked the audience beforehand. Uh, this is before we did our uh, first supplemental. Michael, keep... Can someone tell Michael to keep it down? <laughs> uh, 
before we did our first supplemental earlier this week, we'll actually be doing one later, uh, I think probably at RTX, just me and Jeff, because they are non-canon episodes that Gus refuses well, to participate You and I in. tried to do one last RTX, but you forgot to change the batteries in the recorder. I didn't forget. They died out of nowhere. Because you forgot to change no. them. And you didn't bring backup batteries? He's the producer. I always bring backup batteries. See? Where, where are they? In my backpack. Right there. <laughs> I'm not going to pull them out. Uh, They're in there. Yeah, sure. Uh, this is a question from Thrash Bandicoot on Twitter. <laughs> Do you feel like Rooster Teeth directly affected the way creators approach their own content? Broadly. Industry-wide? That's a, that's a big question. I would never give us that much credit. You don't think there's any, you, and nothing you guys have done I has mean, changed the approach of any... I think we made... I think we made stuff look as easy as it is. I think that's well, uh, is honestly well put. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we showed people how easy it is to do what we do, and that maybe inspired some people early on. Um, and then it just became knowledge out in the universe that it's this fucking easy to have a career yep. uh, on the internet, or at least it was at a time. How is yeah. your coffee still steaming? When you burn water, it refuses to stop. We, um, we, we, we heard a story years ago back to the question, um, about like some people who were involved in uh, like a professional, you know, Hollywood production. And they were all sitting around talking about planning this shoot they were supposed to do. They were going to go out to like a location and, and um, you know, shoot this scene. And the, you know, they were just paralyzed by process. Mm -hmm. And they're just sitting around like, we gotta do this, we gotta do this. And like, you know, a couple of them were just sitting around like, let's just go shoot the thing. Just gotta fucking shoot it. Just gotta shoot it. And just if you it. ever hear me and Jeff just say that. Just gotta go like, shoot, it. Just like, shoot it. We're referencing that to ourselves. Like, we just gotta go do it. We just gotta go shoot it. And uh, you know, I think to Jeff's point, that was kind of maybe the thing we were showing is like, there is a certain amount of freedom you can do when you don't get bogged down by that process. And I think that's something that as we've grown, we struggle with. Like the process, you know, grows, layers, present themselves, and then the process becomes formalized, and it's like, it slows things down. And like, it's not as run and gun as it once was once before. It's the price of success in a lot of ways, you know? It's, it sucks. It's really tough. No, it really does. I, yeah, it's not, I'm not happy about it. Yeah, like, you know, uh, we talked about, and some people have asked me about that new podcast I want to do um, about, you know, we didn't start the fire, and like, I've been... Even though we're, we're moving forward with it, it's like, it's, it's a slow process to get, you know, check all the boxes, get everything done, get all the approvals. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we are where we are, but it's definitely slower than it was in the past. Yeah, I mean, my favorite time, like if I think about the best moments in the history of the company for me with you guys, because um, it really is, you know, and Anma's is like a story of our friendship. Because Rooster Teeth is kind of a story of our friendship, mm -hmm. including Matt and Bernie and, and Jason and Dan and Joel and Kathleen and Yomari and everybody involved, right? And Eric. Um, oh, hey, what's up, dude? <laughs> and Eric. Uh, my favorite moments in, in the company were always in the spare bedroom when we were making Red vs. Blue in the first three years. Yeah. First four, I guess. You, you, the Buda still felt like, or the downtown office, not downtown, sorry. The Buda office. The downtown Buda office still felt like the spare bedroom to me. And then we kind of grew to a point where, you know, we had the Ralph Albanato office and we were much bigger than that and I kind of got lost in that and so I recreated the spare bedroom as Achievement Hunter and kind of locked the door and hid away 
and tried to live in that spare bedroom as long as I could. And Achievement Hunter grew, out, <laughs> unfortunately, or fortunately, no, I shouldn't say unfortunately, fortunately because it's awesome what, it, what it's grown into, what it's all grown into, but like, I'm a small spare bedroom kind of guy and that's why Face is now again a very small spare bedroom space in production because I just, I can't. No, that makes sense. You have a lot more control over it. Yeah, I just get lost in how big things are, you know? It's, I don't have the scope to handle it. I think you're very, I have this idea now, let's do it. And that's, that's fun for me doing like these shows where you have something for face and it's like, we gotta go, let's do it. And it's like, yeah, hell yeah, let's do it. And then I don't have to go through a lot of this process. And I think that, I think you get now where you're saying like, that's the price of success. I think it's sort of crested and it's the other way where if you can show you're successful without having to go through like this process, you have a lot more freedom to kind of do that stuff a different way until it has to start getting wrangled in again because it starts getting a little bit too wide where it yeah. needs to like narrow. Yeah, but you also, it's a, it's a balance, right? Especially I think, I, I don't want to speak for Jeff, but I assume it's the same way where you also want to lead by example and you don't want to break that process. Yes, you want to live totally within agree. it and you know, go through it um, just like normal without circumventing it. I to show that it exists for a reason. I try to be the best partner possible in terms of going through processes within the company because exactly like I said, uh, I, I'm trying to lead by example and show that it, it exists for a reason and, and I'm, I'm on board. Even though I'm a co-founder of the company with Gus or, and Matt, I I'm still understand the value of that process and go through it as well. And try not to take. Nobody likes the guy. Nobody likes the founder who walks in and is like, "Hey, I'm the guy. I'm gonna. Fight. We'll do my. We'll do this my way. We'll do this thing. Uh, screw your budget. We're gonna. I, I want to do this pet project. You know. Nobody. Nobody likes that person. And I don't think either of you are like that, really. I mean, if you were, the Gus's podcast would already be out. <laughs> <laughs> if we were, we'd be doing the break show weekly. Yeah. No already, kidding. Yeah. So who's coming to that later? Who's coming to the break show? What What time is that, Jeff? I don't know. Okay, I was, that was a test to see if he really knew the dunk tank or not. He really has no idea about his schedule. 12.45? 4.45? 4.45? Uh, for the dunk tank. Fuck, that's late. Uh, let, let's see, I could look it up. You don't have to. It's here at like 12 or 12.30. It's here at 1.15, which is what I said the first time. No, Cut that, Nick, 1.15. That. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good job. You figured it out. Uh, let me get to... Uh, I really I appreciated that tangent you guys went on. I thought that was really good. Um, I asked this one to Jeff before we came out here, and I'm curious to see if, if you have an answer for this, Gus. This is from Noah S. When was the single most profitable day of RT? Do you know? Or do you have a guess at what it might be? Man. This coffee is still steaming, by the way. That, that's insane. It was probably early on, like when the PayPal button was first put on the website for people to like pre-order the season one DVD. Yeah, Just I because mean. because expenses were so low. Right, if we're going by profitability and not revenue, right. it'd probably be the day we turned on the PayPal link. Yeah. Yeah, because our expenses were two X, three Xboxes yeah. at that point. A side t tangent, you actually just reminded me of something. I've had several people ask me if the Xboxes in the 20th Anniversary Museum are authentic, if those are the actual boxes we started with. There's two of them. Um, there's two in there. We started with Redbox and Bluebox. Uh, Redbox, I believe, was given away for a charity thing some several years ago. But Bluebox is in there. That is one of the original ones. Newbox is next to it. That came around in season two, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, so Newbox was not 
there from day one, but it was there very early. Pretty fucking early. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, back to the question. I think it was probably that day. Yeah, I think so. I think we made $25,000 that day. You remember? I have no idea. Yeah, I, that feels right to me. Okay. In, in sponsorships, right? In yeah. super sponsorships, yeah, that, that first That's day. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Because we really had zero expenses at, at that point. So it was I think, a thousand percent profit. Yeah, it was a banner day. That was the day that um, Bernie, we, we, were, we didn't know what would happen when we turned on sponsorships. And the reason we wanted, to, we, and the reason we, had, we created sponsorships was we wanted to give people a DVD at the end of the year, but we didn't think, we knew we didn't have the licensing and the rights to sell <laughs> Halo property, right, on DVD. And so we created a sponsorship model where we said, if you pay us $10 a month, you get, you get you the, oh, total. total. It wasn't a $10, month. Right, just say like $10 for, for a season. So for a 19 episode or 20 episode season, you would get the episodes three days early. I think they, we published them on Fridays for sponsors, Mondays for the public or Sundays yeah, for the Yeah, you'd public. also get them in high resolution. Right. Uh, a crisp 640 by 480. <laughs> Uh, and then if, it was 320 by 240 if you weren't a sponsor. And then if you paid, uh, if you paid $20 for a season, you, we gave you a DVD at the end. So we weren't selling it to you. We were giving it away as a benefit. Um, and so the day we turned that on, we were, we were still in the day job. And Bernie and I, Bernie turned it on. And then as a joke, he set it uh, in Outlook to make a cash register noise whenever an email came into that address. And then we went to lunch, and we were sitting at like Super Salad or wherever the fuck we were eating, Delaware Subs probably, and uh, just like eating our subs. And Bernie got a call, and they're like, hey man, we had to turn your computer off. And he was like, what, why? And they're like, it, was, it started freaking out. You probably have a virus, so we're gonna have to look at it. It just started making cash register sounds over and over and over again, cha-ching, cha-ching. It was driving everybody in the office crazy, so we just had to like pull the plug on it. And that's how we found out that people wanted to support Rooster Teeth in a financial super, way. Super cool. Monetary way. Uh, you were talking about going to lunch, and it made me think about something else. We should maybe do like a special Anma episode where we eat lunch at the pasta bar at the Omni. Is downtown. it still open? I don't know. We should find out if it's still open. If y'all ever get a chance, if you ever find yourself at Old Torf and I-35, south. It's Ben White and 35. Ben, sorry, Ben White and, and I-35. There is an Omni hotel that has a pasta bar in the in the lobby that we used to go to. N not Italian at all. Not Italian at all. No clams? And, it, but, and you just you pay like 11 bucks, and it's all you can eat. And you just go through, and you pick your kind of pasta, and then you pick your sauce, and then a million different ingredients, and then breadsticks, and a fountain drink, and you can go through the line as many times as you want. And we used to... It was a treat, though, because like you said, it was like 11 bucks, but that was like in 99 and 2000, and yeah. we were making like 10 bucks an hour, and it was like, okay, this is the one time a month we're going to the pasta bar. We're going we're gonna to fucking live it up. That pasta bar was located next door to where they filmed the office space, yeah, where Inatech was, too, and I always yeah. thought that was so fucking cool. I'd be like, oh, we're eating next to a movie set that's <laughs> just an office car. I thought the same thing, too, but yeah, you're right. It's like, it's just, it's almost unrecognizable because it's so bland yeah. Like any other and so unremarkable bar. in right. every way, yeah. Like, I think the most remarkable thing in the movie was that sculpture in front of it, which was, like, that, that's fake. That wasn't even, that's not even actually there. It's just a boring brick office park. But I think we also liked it because it was way nicer than the call center we worked in. It had windows. The call center we worked in was such a fucking dump. <laughs> it was a, a warehouse 
And then they just built a little drop ceilinged office in the warehouse. So we were like in a box in a bigger box. And then we were all in little box cubicles. We were like Russian nesting dolls. Yeah. It was boxes all the way down. Yeah, it was fucking dog shit. Except one cool thing about it was the bigger out outer warehouse. Uh, we, the company didn't need it for anything. So the owner, Anthony, he, he would store like, I don't know, horse equipment and shit there. Cause he was a far, he was like he horse was a rancher. Equipment? He was like a rancher, so he would have like ranch and he shit just, out there in the back. You were so nonplussed about like, oh, this race source is horse equipment. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. Anthony had a lot of horses. If you, if you knew Anthony, it would make total sense. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> you guys know Anthony? Come on, the someone horse knows equipment Anthony. guy? <laughs> that dude has a story about burning a horse that is fucking, <laughs> oh my God. What? Uh, what? <laughs> that's what you do when a horse dies, you burn it. So it doesn't come back? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So you're familiar you with it. Safe. <laughs> yeah, so you know the story. Then. You're fine. No, because what are you going to do with it? It's a fucking 3,000 pounds, and it's just laying there. It's like when the real cowboys, when a horse dies, they fucking just kerosene it and set it on fire. I wouldn't think that a farmer would be worried about what There's real cowboys do. Like, I just would think that they use a tractor and move it or something. But to where? Dig a hole. To the 20-foot horse grave? <laughs> Do you think you have to dig it deeper for a horse? Like, you know, people's like... It'll come back. <laughs> Pay attention. <laughs> you finish burying it off, pops out. <laughs> <laughs> One time we were out at Anthony's place. He lived, uh, he lived down like near New Braunfels, somewhere south of town, like maybe yeah. New Braunfels or something. It was New Braunfels. And uh, I don't remember why we were there. I think it was you, me, and Bernie. We were all out at Anthony's place for some reason. And uh, like we found like a paintball gun. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, maybe like paintball is a thing we can get into. Like maybe it's something we should do. But we were all kind of scared. Like we've never been shot by a paintball gun. So like Anthony lived like on this big ranch. So we just kind of like drove out to the middle of nowhere on Anthony's land. And we all took turns shooting each other once with the paintball gun in the woods. Just to, like we didn't have a mask or anything. We we're like, just don't hit me in the face, like covering our face with our hands. And like we, we shot each other like once to determine whether or not we could handle the pain and if it's something we could get into. So we all shot each other like, okay, yeah, we can handle this. We can do this. It's so fucking dumb. How the last time you, you thought about that? <laughs> it killed Jeff. How old were you guys when you did this? We're like 11, probably, 12? I, <laughs> I was probably 25, 20, 22 is what I was, yeah. 24, 25. I was just thinking, I was laughing because that day, I remember thinking, wow, that paintball didn't hurt as bad as I thought it would. I wonder how tough my shoe is, and I just shot my foot. <laughs> <laughs> and I almost blacked out from the pain. It hurt so fucking bad. It was just like a Nike. No, it was a van. I was wearing vans. There was no padding at yeah, all. So you just shot yourself just in the blank. foot then. Yeah. That's a face. Stupid. Then we that's a, a classic face. Yeah. Yeah. God. Oh, no. I think that's what you do when you're young like that. Just like, just dumb shit. Like, yeah, yeah we're going to go out. We're just going to shoot each other. You're going to shoot yourself in the foot with a fucking paintball gun. Because <laughs> you're dumb. That's one of those things where you go like, you do it, and then after you get over the pain from it, you go, why didn't I have a second thought? Like, why? Like, what's wrong that it never crossed my mind it was a bad idea? Not even like I had to make a decision, like, eh, it's going to be worth it to figure it out. Just like, I didn't think no for, at all. Like, there was no voice in the back of my head. Anyway, so uh, in that warehouse where he had his horse shit, um, he let me build a skate park. What? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck? If, yeah. You, if you ever watched the Apple Switch parody, we filmed it in that warehouse. Yeah, And I think true. where I was standing for the Apple Switch parody was where your skate park was. It was yeah. like right, right by there. 
And so I was such a good model employee, and I think it was so I would be around more often when there were problems I needed somebody to fill in on the phones. They let me build a whole little skate park out there, and then I uh, skateboarded at the skate park. At the skate park. It was you and John? John, John, uh, John Farrell. John Farrell. Did yeah. anyone else get out there? I just remember you two. John, John Farrell is every bit the Pete best of Rooster Teeth. <laughs> yeah. He's a guy that was really good friends with us. It was like really in our friend group. Me, you, Bernie, and John would hang out all the time. And then right around the time we started Rooster Teeth, he, he moved away. He has a line in Red versus Blue. He does. It doesn't seem physically possible. Yeah, that's him. The, the, doesn't, the Private Mickey, yeah. I think, is his name. Uh, yeah, episode 10. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Red versus Blue, they announced, I guess, they announced a new season of Red versus Blue. Are yeah. you guys aware of this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I, I recorded a million lines yeah. of audio for it. Oh, that's great. They so, like 200 fucking pages of audio for it. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. How, are you excited for this new season, the final season of Red versus Blue? I, uh, yeah, I, I actually really am. I, um, I think maybe because I knew this would be it. You know, this would be the last time I'd be voicing that character. And, you know, it's not as big a part of what we do anymore. And it hasn't been for a very long time. Um, you know, I don't know how I'll, we probably record lines for RVB twice a year it's rare, yeah. at some point. Uh, and it used to be, you know, what Gus and I did like 80 hours a week uh, for years and years and years and years and years and years. And um, I definitely got like super nostalgic when I was doing it. And I, uh, I had to break the session up into two sessions uh, just because I was getting a, it was a little, I don't know, I didn't want it to end all at once. So I, <laughs> I, I, I was having a little bit of a sore throat, but I played it up so that they would let me out early so I could. <laughs> so I have a question for you. When while. you recorded your audio going in, did you know it was the last season? Yeah. Because no one fucking told me. <laughs> and about halfway through that script, I'm like, hey, what's going on here? Like, seriously? <laughs> I know the part you're talking about. Uh, and I will, I, I cried all the way home. On wow. The last yeah, I did. And like a good tears. Like good, it was just like, it felt like, I was trying to explain this to Gus yesterday, and I think I did a terrible job with it. But like, it just felt like a sense of completion. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, it was, it was nice. It was a nice bookend from where we started over 20 years ago now, or more than 20 years ago now. Uh, over is not grammatically correct from that since AP style guide. Uh, more than 20 years ago. Uh, to then finally be like ending it in a what felt like a really poignant proper way and I gotta say um, uh, I thought Bernie did a tremendous job with the script it's one of the I read it three times uh, I read it once to give notes and just to read it and then I read it I found myself reading it two entire more times through which I do not do I don't read stuff twice uh, just because I just enjoyed living in that world again but also um, just seeing how it all tied up yeah, I think Good on really, him. I think he's really going to make poignant. it. He's an up-and-coming guy. We'll see. We'll see. You know, It's nice that you guys gave him a shot. He's not getting yeah. any younger. I'll say that. <laughs> uh, I will say that w when we do Anma, there's a lot of talk sort of on the way there and on the way back that no one here or, or is ever recorded or privy to or anything. And those, those, were the are, the real stories. <laughs> those are the conversations where you guys were talking about doing this new season of Red vs. Blue where I was in the back seat and I was just going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> I haven't, like, I, just, I haven't been invested or watching or all this stuff or whatever, but you guys talking about, like, this ending and how poignant and all this stuff was like, oh man, this is, I'm so excited for this thing that you guys are excited about. 
and that to me was like the most thrilling part is seeing you guys get really, really, really stoked on what this last season is. The, the thing that sucked for me to, to, to kind of try to give it a time frame is, you know, like Jeff said, my recording session was also broken up into two sessions. I recorded the bulk of my audio uh, in the first session, then I was supposed to go back in and record the second one, but someone gave me COVID, um, <laughs> which delayed my finishing that audio for a couple of weeks, and then, you know, had to keep rescheduling, keep rescheduling, and finally was able to go back in and finish uh, my audio for that. Had you read it before you finished it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I knew. So you knew, you understood what was happening? Yeah, and I was, I was, oh, I don't know why we didn't just finish it in the first session. I was almost all the way done. You were damn near done. Yeah, I was yeah. pretty close. I'm also happy for the, like, I'm <laughs> happy and sad uh, in equal measure for, for the characters, because you get to, you get to see the conclusion of their stories, and they're, you know, kind of near and dear to us, um, obviously, you know, Griffin Simmons gave us careers. Gave us Grimmins. Gave us Grimmins, yeah. We got to be an SSX. We got to be a character in SSX. Like, didn't get any better than that. Wait, what? It was, uh, it was in Tricky. SSX Tricky. It was uh, Dexter Griff Simmons. No, it was a Griff, yeah. Griff Simmons. Griff Simmons, yeah. that was it, yeah. What? Yeah. What? You ever played Tricky? Yeah, it's like one of the best games ever made. What the fuck? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. I think we forget to talk about it because it happened 15 like years in ago. Yeah, yeah, it was like right after we started. It wasn't very long, like season two or season three. Now I have to replay SSX Tricky again? We get to listen to the, the oh. uh, Run DMC's Tricky. Oh, my which God. Which is the title music, which might be the greatest intro ever. Uh, me and Sean from Mega64 would karaoke that song back and forth because we played that game so goddamn much <laughs> that we knew every word. It was great. Wow. I had no idea. Do you have any other insightful, interesting questions from the audience? Um, I do. Uh, this one is from Michael's Game Lab, who did some stuff for Fuckface. Uh, did the games and stuff for uh, mm. Andrew's stuff. and. But before you read it, I want to do a quick shout out. I saw that uh, you retweeted, I think, that Torgard got his mug. Got his mug. Guess, he guessed the name, got his mug, got his fuckface stickers, and got a, uh, a handwritten letter. A handwritten letter <laughs> saying, hey, fucker. <laughs> is, that from, is that from Gus? Yeah, it was. Yep. And uh, you were there and also signed it. Oh, okay. You were there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay. yeah, I, I, I'm really glad that he got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he lives uh, in, like, Europe, so shipping's already hard, and then he lives in the middle of nowhere in Europe, so it's just like, I, they put it on a dog and send it or something. Yeah. Insane. That has been a universal truth since day one of Rooster Teeth, that anytime anybody's ever won anything, or we've ever done anything cool for us, and we go like, hey, that's awesome, thanks for making that art, or yep. program, or video game, or whatever you did, we want to send you some free stuff. Uh, what's your address? They go, oh, cool. I live on uh, the dark side of the moon. <laughs> and Yeah, and it, you have to rent a rocket to get it to me. <laughs> they love that. Yeah. Um, they really do. So this is from Michael's Game Lab. Who would win in a fight? In a fight? I think Michael would. He's really shredded now. <laughs> Who do you think is fighting? I, well, they didn't specify. <laughs> and I see him. I think they mean you and I. Who oh. I don't think we would ever fight. I don't think we would ever fight, but uh, I would win. I would never, <laughs> I would never want to hurt Gus, but I also would never lose to Gus. <laughs> I grew up on the border, man. You grew up getting beat up, not beating I, I, so, up. So I know how you to, know take, how a to punch. take a punch. You don't know how to throw a punch. You never got that chance. Man, the uh, the school like I, a high school I went to was 
rough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember that uh, when, when some of the girls were going to get into a fight, you know, they would grow their fingernails out long, oh, yeah. and they would take a hole puncher and, like, hole punch the middle of their nails. That way they had, each nail had, like, two little sharp points on it. They could scratch the shit out of each other. Cat scratch. Um, scratch. The, uh, the dudes would take their plastic meal cards and cut them into hooks. Oh, my God. To use them like improv shivs. Um, you think you're going to win against Gus? <laughs> there were, it was more than one time where I'd be, like, standing at a urinal in the bathroom, and uh, there'd be a dude next to me, and then some guys would come in and just, like, sucker punch him, and then just start beating the shit out of him, and I'd be like, all right, I'm done. I'm out of here. <laughs> I can hold it. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to go that bad. Schools were different back then. I've told this story, so I won't overtell it again, but, like, I, there was a drive, there was a school shooting in my high school, and we didn't end classes. Jesus. And the dude didn't Same. get expelled. Same. He got suspended. He got to go back to school after he shot a kid in the leg. Two weeks later, all he could do was back in class. Like, people didn't give a fuck back then. Wow, Jesus they Christ. Just, the, the, the school shooting at my school, uh, it was a girl. They just took her gun away. Yeah. There was, I was in 10th grade in... I was, geom I was failing geometry, yeah. Uh, I was in 10th grade, and I was in geometry. And the girl next to me got called to the principal's office. And I was like, oh, you're in trouble. And she's like, fuck you. Uh, and then she came back, and I'm like, what'd you do? And she was like, ah, they just, like, one of the teachers walked by and saw my gun in my car, and they just kind of had to hide it. And I was like, oh, okay. That's just what, that's, I went to high school in Alabama, too. It was fucking just country motherfuckers. Wow. Yeah. Jesus Christ, oh, guys. Yeah, I'd win. <laughs> uh, I was talking sure. to a former uh, Face Jam intern, Kat, yesterday, and, uh, she was telling me that she went, she's like, I went to a wedding in Mexico. And I'm like, oh, cool, where? She's like, oh, it's like a border town. And I'm like, oh, what was the town? I don't remember the name. And she was like, but we were like, you go through like, we were like Eagle Pass. And I went, no way. Yeah, I know where that is. It's <laughs> so crazy. What a small world. Also, her uncle like knows Shane. Like, it, she I, is so. I just so saw Shane right yeah, here. She's like so connected without being connected. It's really bizarre. Anyway, she works here now. Um, I does? have, she's a producer. Yeah. I knew she was an intern. I didn't know she was back. She's been back for like six months. She has? She's at the office all the time. Is she? <laughs> you are there all the time, too. I, I saw her once. I thought she'd come back to visit, and you were giving her a tour. She works with us? She produces Always Open, and right now she's producing Off Topic, and she's also doing uh, Red Web stuff. Yeah, what? I didn't what? know that. Sorry. You're in that building every day. I every, know. More than anyone else. I'm always in the, our office, the one over there on the other side. Is she yeah. come in there? She's never been in there. She's never been in there? No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know which rooms she has or has not been in. I just know she went to Eagle Pass. Okay. Um, I do have another question, but is there something you guys wanted to get to? It just seemed like there was something you wanted to get to. It oh, seemed like I, you wanted something, like a, you were kind of like building to like a big crescendo where you were going to give something really heartfelt. What? I felt like you were prodding us to say something. Did, were we supposed to talk about something? No, not Did at you all. you want us to talk about something? No. Is this something we talked about backstage that I'm supposed to No. About? It just the way you asked made me think that you were What like, did I what? ask? Do yeah. you have any more questions from the audience? Well, we got 13 fucking minutes a left. Guy just a guy just held up a thing that said 10. We got ten fucking minutes left. I'm just making sure. I'm just trying to get to the get the sauce out. The sauce? Yeah. You're doing Squeeze what? Squeeze it out of the tube. Get the entertainment out. Let's go. <laughs> Ask the questions. We'll give the answers. You're doing what? Squeeze the tube, man. <laughs> what kind of toothpaste do you use? Crest. Okay. 
Or, uh, yeah, Crest. I used to be a Colgate guy, but Emily is a Crester, and so I just fell in line. Yeah. Way to go, Emily. We'll just do whatever she says. <laughs> it's been working out for you. It's yeah, good. It's doing all right. She's fixing your hair backstage like yeah. a mom cat. It was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, this is from Corn Flopper. <laughs> Uh, are there any habits uh, that you, I said specifically, that Jeff carried over from his Army days when you worked at the call center early days of RT? But I think that's kind of poignant to both of you. Are there any sort of habits that you picked up early in life that you sort of have carried through to like your work even now? Uh, things that maybe you let go and then other stuff that you... Avoiding people, avoiding physical contact, cool. not looking people in the eye. Great. What kind of toothpaste do you use? <laughs> Thank you for asking, Sensodyne. Me too. I was gonna yeah. fucking do it, dude. I was gonna guess you were a Sensodyne guy. You got like one tooth that's kind of sensitive to cold. Ahead. Yeah. It's like weird, so it's like I could use Sensodyne just to. Oh, yeah. you know. Sensodyne's it's, good. It's expensive as fuck. Well, it's because you're paying for the good stuff, man. It's way too pricey. I wish. Yeah. I, I wish we could be a Sensodyne it. family. But... <laughs> uh, what about you? That question was more aimed at you. Uh, I think you carried over. Can I? I'll, I'll, I'll prod you, you a little answer bit. Answer for me. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll prod you. I'll, I'll give you a thought starter. I think going from the army to when I first met you, right? Going from the army to the call center, you carried over a very objective-based mindset when it came to work. Hmm. You like, I think you. That's why we were amazed when you started working at the call center. How efficient you are on the phone. It was just like, I'm gonna get in there, I'm gonna knock this out. Like I'm gonna do this, and then when we're done, we're done. That was a, what he said. That made me sound awesome. I thought that was a great thought starter for you to go, yeah, and I got it from this, and I do uh, you it know, this way. I think, I, I think it was a, a lot of it from my military time is probably just I was very efficient. Uh, I tried to be an a, a objective-based problem solver. When I, when uh -huh. I would approach a problem, I'd, I'd, uh -huh. I'd look at it with an objective or, mm -hmm. or objectively. I'm not sure how he meant it. Yeah. Uh, and that's really how I would tackle things, and I, just, you know, I guess that's just carried over throughout the years. A lot of, you know, a lot of objects. I think one thing that has stuck with us from working at the call center is our absolute refusal to talk on the phone. Yeah. We cannot, yeah. we, neither of us can call anyone for anything. When we would live together and we would have to order pizza before you could order pizza on the internet, we would fight over who would have to call to order the pizza. <laughs> it'd be like, it'd be like, not it, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and the other person who didn't have to get the door would hide in the hallway. <laughs> what? Oh. Yeah. That's not so even talking on the phone. We, we were like house cats, you know? Yeah. Like one person would be getting the pizza, they would be hiding under the couch. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, I think the army taught me how, and, and, I've, and I've read a lot about it post-military, uh, and apparently it's really not good for your brain, but the army taught me how to multitask. Okay. And then Telenetwork, the call center, required me to multitask. And then Rooster Teeth, for the first eight years, required us all to multitask to the nth degree. And so I think I, we, I was suited for that because of the military. And I think a, a lot of people maybe say or think that they're good at multitasking, but I think most people cannot. Yeah, yeah. Like you can I do agree. one thing and kind of keep a second thing maybe going a little bit in the background, but it's really hard to, to focus attention to two things. You learn a skill working at a call center, managing a call center, that I've never seen replicated in any other industry, and I certainly never experienced in the military or anywhere else, where you have to, there are maybe 25 people in front of you on calls all at the same time, 
and you're, you learn to be able to listen to most of those conversations all, all at the same time, enough to understand where things are going right and wrong wow. so that you can focus in in that direction. And it's, it's almost like sonar, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think, I think that, that's true multitasking. Yeah, that's that's a totally useless skill now. But yeah, yeah, you'll never use it again. But you, yeah. you definitely had to 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 practice that. We're getting close to time, but I do want. I think this is a really good question to sort of end on. Um, this is from Reco the Gecko. On no different. Nope, not Therapy Gecko. Oh, this guy's sim, this guy's name is simply Reco. I wonder if they know each other. Just you think Gecko's doesn't matter. Doesn't. What's the point? Does um, Reco, Reco have name. a modern life? <laughs> that's a different. This sucks. Uh, what production do you think you could do better if you tried it now? RTX. <laughs> I, was really? I was terrible at it. Really? Yeah. Really? Just I learned a lot. I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was, you did good. When yeah, I but we could, could, we could have done things more efficiently. I think things are better now. Uh -huh. I think if I had to do it over, I, I could have done those earlier yeah. ones much better. I would say Wes and, and the marketing team and everything, they're, they've done a great job. They're killing it. Yeah, this Absolutely has been really cool. Job. I love the show floor here, and that wasn't a spot where you needed to applaud. Save it for me. Don't, don't, stop. This sucks. It's building. How, how did that happen? I think some of the ideas they had were great. I think the, you know, Wes just kind of emailed with the idea of the dunk tank. Yeah. You know, emailed a bunch of us like, would you be willing to do it? And I was like, oh, hell yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, some really cool ideas. I, I was surprised really we all said yes. Yeah. Me, yeah. I didn't, dude. I was I've surprised been, I said yes. I was talking to Blaine about it and going like, I didn't have to reply to that email at all because so many people said yes by the time I saw it, which was... 15 minutes after it was yeah. sent. Well, he sent Crazy. the email and I saw it immediately. And it was, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, I need, I can't expect other people to do it if I don't do it. Yep. So I was like, so I, just, I replied immediately, yes. Because yeah. if, if I can't do it, nobody should be able to do or it. Or if you're not prepared to do it. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, they've been, they've been, they did a, a great job this yeah. year. I'm really, really happy with them. I think uh, Wes was telling me he's never done live event planning before. No. It's uh, the best flowing floor space we've had. Oh, yeah, I for think. sure. He did something I always wanted to do uh, and when I was planning RTX, which everyone told me no, which was he put these aisles here on a diagonal. I don't know if anybody mm -hmm. notices that other than, than me. It's not a grid like everything else out here. Like Things are at a diagonal, which I love. Yeah. Any production you think you could do better now? Man, I was just going through and trying to give that an honest answer and... I don't think so, but not because I think I was better then than I am. Like, I don't know that I'm better now than I was in but the you past. Have so. more experience. Yeah, I think it's more that, like, there's stuff that I can do now that I couldn't do then. Like, I don't think I ever could have made face 10 years ago. I don't think I was comfortable enough as an entertainer. Like, I was so, I don't know about you, I don't know how it worked for you, but I felt so beholden to the video game for so long mm -hmm. as a tool, and I felt really kind of comforted by it, but also trapped by it eventually. And I just, I don't think I would have been, like I, I was never at a point where I felt comfortable doing what we're doing now, which is just trying to be entertaining without having the hook. Without that security blanket. Without that security blanket, right? Um, but when I was younger, I had a lot more energy and, and uh, excitement for what we were doing at the time. And you know, I don't know. I don't have that now. <laughs> you know, um, early, I, I don't remember what year it came out, uh, but right, probably right around 2003, maybe around the time we were starting Rooster Teeth, that's when you know um, Lazy Sunday played on SNL for the first time and became really big. It was like the first really big video on YouTube, 
And I remember watching that and thinking that it was such a strange premise for a video, but the only reason that it worked was that Chris Parnell and Andy Samberg committed 100% to what they were doing. And I remember thinking at the time watching it that, you know, I knew we were gonna do live action at one point, that whenever we did live action, I had to let go of those insecurities and I had to try to commit. So whenever we, in the early days when we were doing shorts, I would always think of the Lazy Sunday video and be like, I have to commit like Chris Parnell and Andy Samberg did and not be self-conscious about how I look or what I'm doing because the end product has to look good from the screen, which is such a fucking weird thing to think about. That's good. I mean, that makes sense. Um... That's great. I think we probably need to wrap it up. So uh, it, it, thank you so much for coming. Uh, you can follow us at Anima Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. Updated once a week when the episode comes out because you, I You can don't, see the wasp. You can see. Oh, we did post pictures of the wasp. Dude, that was so gross. Yeah. It's fucking brutal, right? That was awful. Um, I'm glad we don't have to worry about a creature flying down and eating us. That, if, can you if something came down right now, I'd fucking lose it. Like every time you went out to get the mail, you had to be like, I hope the fucking giant wasp doesn't eat me. Yeah, oh, terrible. You'd have to watch like, you'd have to watch like weather reports for giant wasps, for insects and shit. Like, don't go outside today, it's, it's real waspy. Wasps are hungry. <laughs> okay, I guess that's what we're ending on. Uh, thank you so much for coming. Uh, it's been uh, Gustavo and Jeff, this is Anma. Thank you so much. Thank you.